for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. Uh, as usual, sometimes, sometimes I wish you would just come here to this thing that we do and we just turn on the mic immediately. We don't even say hi to each other. We just start talking because we just had a great half hour or so discussion on all things Sioux Falls Canaries that are fun. And there's portions of it probably that I wouldn't have wanted recorded, but uh, we're going to get to some of those things. It's kind of a baseball episode. It's that time of the year. Twins are red hot. Canaries are having parties again at the birdcage. They're worth coming to see. And yes, I say that partly because I work for them, but I'm not the only one that feels that way. And uh, for some parents of young kids like Mad Zimmer, Oh, welcome to the world of baseball. You got to start somewhere. And uh, Arthur is already off and running with T-ball, huh? How's that going? Well, we're running. We're going to be short today because I was a little late. And the reason I was a little late is because, thank you, um, I went to the gym today for a long, longer workout than usual. I've been slacking off about going to the gym lately. But just within the last couple weeks, like, I can barely move. I'm so freaking old. Like, I go outside wow. to mow the lawn. I need a nap. I go outside to play catch with Arthur. I need a nap. <laughs> I drop something on the floor. I have to, like, get down on a knee to pick it up. Like, it's just, I'm getting so out of shape and so old. So I was kind of like, oh, geez, I got to really get get my shit it's together. probably more the out of shape thing than the old uh, thing. I, I, yeah, but you can, being 42 doesn't help. It doesn't. I get it. <clears throat> and uh, Ain't going to get easier. Well, so. I experienced it, too. You know, when I was a kid, you didn't start playing Little League Baseball or T-Ball or any of that to like seven or eight. So I just assumed that's still how it was. Well, last summer, we found out that my sister's son was four or five, something was in, in a T-Ball League. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing or I would have signed Arthur up for it. So I felt like a shithead. And uh, so this summer, I made sure to get him signed up. He's going to be six in a month. And I was like, you know, do we sign him up for the coach pitch, you know, actual baseball, or should we do T-Ball? And, you know, we've been going out in the backyard with me pitching to him and he's he, he's pretty good. He can swing it. He's not real. He's still kind of afraid of the ball with his glove, but he can hit it. And so I probably should have signed him up for coach pitch. But I was like, you know, I'd rather have him be ahead than behind. I don't want him to go out there and have it be a nightmare because then he'll hate it and he'll never want to do it again. So I signed him up for t-ball. We started last week, and there we get there for the first practice. There's no coach. There's no equipment, and there's like six players on the team. <laughs> it's just a complete shit show. And if anyone from SEBA is listening to this right now, you're about to get an angry email from me. So get your shit together. I don't know how they're going to have a team when you only have, like, the, this woman who finally decided when she realized, like, hey, we don't have a coach. She kind of stepped up and was like, okay, I guess I'll run everything. She's like, well, there's nine players on the roster. I was like, if there's nine on the roster, you don't have enough for a team because everyone's not going to be there for every game. And, you know, it, it's – so first day, Arthur's out there ready to go, swinging the bat throwing the ball around, and these other kids are like, I mean, they're the same age as him, but I mean, they're like babies. They're like sitting in the dirt, drawing circles in the dirt, <laughs> you know, like their parents are screaming at him to pay attention, and the, the, this guy, so the, the woman who, who volunteered to sort of take over, she asked me right away, she's like, do you have any experience coaching? And I lied right to her face. I just said, nope, because I was like, not doing it, and uh, partly because, like, 
I should have seen this coming. A buddy of mine who's in SEBA had asked me, he was like, you really should volunteer to coach. We have a, we can't find any coaches. There's We don't have enough volunteers. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I would be open to doing it, but this is Arthur's first activity. He basically grew up during – I grew up, like came out of his toddler years during the pandemic. Yes. So he has very little experience out in the real world. He's yeah. just been with me and Jen for the last two and a half years. And so I said, I don't want his first experience to be with me as the coach. He'll, I don't huh. want him to use me as a crutch, you know. Like, I want him to have some other adult teaching him, help, telling him what to do, helping him interact with the other kids. So that's why I was kind of like, no, I really don't I don't want to coach. So this other guy stepped up to do it, and he's fine. He's a nice guy. He's very patient. You know, I'm trying really hard not to judge him, you know, as I'm watch, watching him take him through practice. But for the most part, he's teaching him all the right stuff, you know, how to step towards your target when you throw the ball and keep your eye on the ball and hold your glove out like this and get down into a fielding position to get a grounder. I mean, he's teaching him all the right stuff, so good for him. But there's seven kids on the team every night, so I don't know how we're going to play games. And it's just funny to watch. He has him pair up to play catch the other day, and the kid that Arthur's playing catch with won't even look at him. Like, let alone won't try to catch the ball. Like, he's literally, like, staring off into space, looking up in the sky, or bending down, drawing circles in the dirt. And Arthur's like, hey, look at me. I'm trying to throw you the ball. And then he'll throw it to him, and the kid will, like, duck or not even try to catch oh, it. Man. And then Arthur will get frustrated, and he'll walk up to him and, like, take the glove. He's like, you have to hold your glove like this. And don't be afraid of the ball. It won't hurt. Like, all the th- same things that I've told him, he's, he's repeating yeah. to this kid. Yeah. So it's kind of hilarious. And, uh... You know, he's he's having a blast. So that's good. good. Well, that's good. Yeah, and he he's pretty good at it. Like the other day at practice, he only got to swing the bat like once because they spent all practice running the bases and playing catch, and then they all get one at bat at the end. Which, if that continues, I'm going to have to say something to this guy. But so Arthur's like, I want to hit, I want to hit, I want to hit. So we got home from practice, and he said, "We take me in the backyard to hit. I didn't get to hit enough." So all right, you know. And so we go in the backyard, and I'll pitch to him, and he'll and and like I said, he's got a pretty good swing. So. It's funny, I'm I'm encouraged at how quickly he's taking to it, okay. and how much he enjoys it, and he seems to be pretty good at it. But also, like this team he has signed up for is a complete shit show, and I I almost wonder if it's I don't want to say doing more harm than good. But he's just not going to get anything out of it, and I am a little upset with Seba. I, I kind of want to say like, if you only have six people on a team, you don't have a team. Well, hopefully you know? you're capturing Seba's attention right now, yeah, and okay. so am I. We have Sandlot Night at the Birdcage for the Sioux Falls Canaries, Friday, July 8th. That's for uh, it's a special Little League night for Little Leaguers all across the uh, of the city. You bring up two things that uh, that remind me of stories from my baseball youth, my uh, my unceremonious retirement from the game, <laughs> and uh, you maybe you've told me this, story, and my but... dad coaching. Which one do you want to hear first? They're, I'll make them short. I swear, I promise. My, Start with your so, dad coaching. Yeah, co- so. <laughs> So my dad, I don't know how to say it. He had little, he, I'm not saying he had zero interest in my athletic endeavors, but he was definitely not the type. He had a, you know, he had a pretty steady, important, important job. Uh-huh. He barely had enough time to come to some of my games, no matter if it was baseball or basketball. Those are the two team sports I mainly played. And, uh, but I, after I'd been doing some t-ball one year, coach pitch, a couple of years of little league, about my fourth year or so, I'm in like fourth grade, he decided uh, some other parent must have wrangled him in, the manager of the team, mm-hmm. for him to be an assistant coach. And mm-hmm. I think, and I haven't, I've never talked to my dad about this, but I think mm-hmm. he was just kind of like, I'm going to be that dad. I'm going to, uh, I'll give, I'll give coaching a shot. And whether it was availability or desire, my dad showed up for one fucking practice 
and it was over. He never came back. He never came back. He's like, either <laughs> I don't have time for this, I can't get out of work early for this. Or it's that horrible. Or this, it's that horrible, yeah. And, uh, and he probably didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't a great athlete himself and probably not cut out to be a coach. But, you know, when you're, you're fourth grade kids, you, you, they only need to know the basics. They just need support. Yeah. So that was one. That's it for that. My illustrious, uh, unceremonious retirement, I had, we, it was why baseball. I had gotten to the point where I knew I wasn't a very good baseball player. Uh, I wasn't going to move. I was going to be playing high school ball. I wasn't uh-huh. going to be playing Legion uh-huh. or even VFW uh-huh. or anything. Uh, but my, so you're I, what, like 11, 12? I'm about 13, oh, and, okay. and I have other friends who are not very good athletes or baseball players, but we like it. You know, We uh-huh. still like the sport. That was uh-huh. back when baseball was cooler, and movies like Major League and The Sandlot were coming out. Haven't been ruined by adults yet. You yeah, know. You know, yeah we, we played our own pickup games. We could right, find enough people right, to go play right, pickup right, games. Right. And uh, so we played in the Y League, and the Y League was a joke. It was the YMCA Baseball mm-hmm. League, and, and no really good, respectable player with a future was going to play in it. Perfect for us. And we had, uh, we had a team. And uh, our coach, uh, for first practice, it's at the Y. They've got like four baseball fields there in the middle of Omaha. And for some reason, he decides to choose. We, they were all available. No one, no, nobody else was practicing that night. Uh, it was like a Wednesday night in the summer. And uh, he chose the field right next to a fucking grove of trees. And he brought maybe four or five fucking baseballs. <laughs> and within four or five foul balls, we're spending we're practice. Uh, Looking ri- for balls. And probably getting poison ivy doing so. Right. <laughs> and I, I went home, and I'm like, I'm out. One practice. I told my parents, I'm done with baseball. This is the time where I was figuring out if I'm going to ever play high school sports or keep moving. It's golf. That's all I That's You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a golfer. And I thought... I was really scared to tell my parents this because I thought they would they say, right. well, yeah. you know, it's like $40 for the participation fee. It's like, no, we're not throwing money down the toilet and you can't quit. You're not going to be a quitter. Yeah. You're not going to quit. No. after. No. Or they even might have given me the soft kind of like, just give it another, just give it another practice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. No, my parents were like, I, I, okay. Oh, they're like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even like, that's okay. They're like, thank God. Mm. It's like, oh, so we can spend our Saturdays and Sundays golfing instead of going and watching your right. shitty baseball. <laughs> cool. And so, yeah, then I just golfed, usually golfed with my parents on the weekends, and uh, it was a win-win for everybody around. So <laughs> that was my retirement from baseball. I didn't get the you fucking quitter thing. Parents I, had high hopes for your baseball career, it sounds like. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. So that was that. But I'm glad Arthur's off and running. And you must have a little bit, because he probably watches you watch Twins games, he must think baseball's kind of cool. Yeah, well, we took him to that Twins game, and he had a good time. My dad asked me this. We, we family got together for uh, Mother's Day, and my dad asked me, he's like, does he like to watch the game? And I said he had a great time at Target Field, although he wasn't obviously watching the game the whole time. It's a giant stadium. Yeah. He's looking around and whatever. But I said he'll watch the Twins with me like an inning at a time. Like he'll sit and watch a whole inning. And I'm not making him, because I'll, I'll kind of sneak a peek at him. Like, is he paying attention? You know, and, it's more than I can watch. And and he'll watch, and when it starts to drag, you know, if there's like a ten pitch at bat or you know something like that, then he'll kind of be like, all right, I'm going to do something else. But then he'll come back a half hour later and he'll watch another half inning or so. And and I'm not trying to make him. I don't care what you know. He's, he's five years old, you know, and he's got a million toys and his favorite cartoons and whatever. But. I'm encouraged that he likes to watch him a couple innings at a time because that means we can take him to games and he'll have fun and he won't be complaining. And, you know, when he goes to practice, he very much is trying to, like, sort of, I don't want to say be a leader. They're freaking five years old. But, you know, he's the most vocal kid, always like, I'm first in line. It sounds like he's the only one that he knows what he's doing. Right. And he he went up to the coach last night and he goes, want to see my four-seam fastball? Wow. And I went, (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, I don't want them to think that he's got some crazy, crazy dad teaching him stuff. But have you taught him the force? Well, he asked, he asked me once to teach him how to throw a curveball. Okay, and I was like, no, nah, I don't want to teach him. So as like a compromise, I said, this is how you throw a four seam fastball. What does he know? He doesn't know the difference. I yeah. just wanted to, you know. Well, so now he runs around telling everyone, this is how he like, look at my four seam fastball. Anyway, he's having yeah. fun. Good. And that's all that matters. And Good. The guy who's coaching it, like I said, seems like a really nice, patient guy, and as long as the kids are having fun. But I th- there's like a two-part season in the summer, and we're probably going to move him up to actual baseball in the yeah. next one because this looks a little bit a little bit slow for him. <laughs> uh, Besides having a seven-player roster, I don't know how that's going to work. From the start of the game. story, I figured maybe he's got to already move up uh, move up an age bracket. We'll see. Did I did I tell you that I'm doing softball? Have I told you that yet? This summer? Yes. Mm-mm. Oh, already off and running. Gilbert and I, my husband, are uh, playing softball. Where do you play at? It's uh, Armadon? We're in the uh, – no, it's a <laughs> – no, we're not. We're not Harmadon ready. Uh, no, we're playing I mean, beer Park. league softball at Harmadon. No, we're not playing beer league softball. Excuse me, we are playing um, church league softball. Not even church league. It's the LGBTQ league of <laughs> Sioux Falls. Don't laugh. I just didn't know that was a thing. It, it is the Sioux Empire Pride Sports Association (SEPSA). They have uh, they have a softball league. They have a couple bowling leagues, and uh, yeah. And, Where do you play uh, the games? Burnside Park, right over by the Birdcage. I mean, it's, oh, okay. uh, it's yep. yeah, yep. so, uh, yeah, and I hate, the, look, I, I play in the league, and certainly I'm a member of the LGBTQ community, so I don't, you know, it, it's about what you'd expect it to be. It's mm-hmm. I'll put it this way, it's about the lowest level of softball you could possibly be, imagine for adults. I haven't played a diamond sport since my unceremonious retirement about 30 years ago at age 13, and I'm one of the best players on our team. <laughs> That's and this is slow pitch softball, but uh, excuse to get outside. Yeah, I can get the. Remember a few I, years ago, there was sort of a, the kickball craze. You played kickball. Oh, for yeah. KWSN radio yeah, had yeah. a kickball team. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's exactly what it is. We can't drink during the games, which is disappointing. Why not? on a Sunday afternoon? I don't know. Maybe they're afraid we're gonna, we're going to turn it into more of a social event than a which it is anyway because nobody's taking the softball that seriously. Right. But uh, it's uh, it's. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Although I got named MVP of our team the last game, <laughs> and and that to me actually in a league like this, uh, where again some people are playing softball for the first time in their lives, uh-huh. some people cannot hit a can't, hit ca- ball. can't yeah, even yeah. make contact on yeah. a slow pitch softball. Yeah. Some people can't catch a ball at point blank range. Yeah. This is what we're talking yeah. about here. And um, so far, it's I've been taken right back to my uh, little league days. I get stuck in right field a lot. Let's put John where the ball's never going to go. And uh, I caught, like, the only fly ball that came to me, and it didn't come right to me. I had to move a little bit. I had to judge the angle. I caught it, like, waist level. I don't know if it was – it wasn't luck. We've, I, we've had practices. I've caught fly balls before. But I caught it. And everybody goes ape shit because I guess in this league, A, no one really expects very Any many – ball put in play is a hit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, B, like, I guess they weren't expecting much out of me either. <laughs> and and then I get – and it's like the MVP of the game is like, to me, it's kind of like the coach of the year in any sport, like the person you expect at right. least to do something cool. <laughs> And or they're like, making fun of you for like this is the idiot that took it the most seriously. <laughs> no, I'm, I try not to. I'm not Charlie Hustle out there. So that's how that's going. So you can come by if you want to come to one. It's not far from your house. You good luck with that. Yeah. You can imagine how good it, you can you can imagine Gilbert because Gilbert's really into it. I can't imagine it. <laughs> well, now that I mention it, what do you imagine happening? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. I can't imagine it. 
<laughs> he ran track, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. he's got some athletic ability. He does, yeah. Um, so, guys on the team like to comment on his on his uh, big thighs. So, there you go. That's that's that. Um, so, the you, you wanted to bring up the Canaries. We did on our last podcast, but it was toward the end. And since then, you've done a big story about uh, basically the zillion improvements and upgrades they're making uh-huh. at the park with the team. Owners are spending money. And uh, you had a conversation on a whole different thing with uh, the manager, Mike Meyer, which was kind of related to the upgrades and, and uh, having nice things type of story that you've already done. But, uh, you know, as we get closer to the season, we can have a broader view conversation that we kind of always did back in the old radio days when you joined my show. Of to, to, to you and the public, this is helpful for me, for somebody who's trying to help revive the Canaries. What are the Canaries to you? What, what, do, you, what do you see happening there that people should know about? And... Um, because there's a lot here. This is an organization and an ownership that wants to build a new ballpark within the next three or five years, wants it to be downtown. They're not being shy about that. They're doing all the things right now to uh, invest and, uh, and bring people back to the party. Well, I mean, I think independent baseball has, you know, become a bigger thing. And you look at this league when the Canaries first joined in 93, you had Sioux Falls, Sioux City, you had Duluth, you had Madison, Wisconsin. You had these small markets. And in the last few years, you know, first first it was Kansas City, Lincoln, but then you get, you know, Chicago, Milwaukee has a team now. I mean, St. Paul, you know, now obviously they're AAA, now they're gone, but this is a big city league now. Now, Sioux Falls has grown into a much bigger city than it was in 1993, but still, um, it's a different deal. And it kind of happened overnight. You know, like, when the birdcage was remodeled in what, like, 95, 94, I don't know, early in the Canaries... About Stint. 2000. Okay. Circa. Um, that was like, wow, look at this new bird game. This is a great stadium. Mm-hmm. You know? And I remember just thinking, like, hey, this is a great minor league ballpark. And I remember, uh, I think it was the first time I ever really stopped to realize maybe it wasn't anymore, was uh, Terry Vanderveck moved here to work at the Argus, which I think he moved here in, like, 07 moved or here something. from Fargo, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I want to say he moved here in, like, 07, somewhere around there. And he went to a Canaries game with his family, and I remember him telling me later, like, eh, you know, I had a pretty good time. And he's like, the stadium kind of sucks. And I was kind of like, fuck you, dude. But, it, you know, because I just didn't really know any better. But then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, well, you know, he's the one coming from somewhere else. Like, maybe his opinion is a little, has a more weight than mine does, because he actually is, you know, judging it objectively rather than me, sure. who feels like, you know, this is kind of my hometown park. And that was the first time I ever, like, actually took a second to look at it like maybe this isn't such a great park you know and then you start asking around you're like yeah it's not aging that well and then all these other stadium or other teams start popping up in these new expansion franchises in these bigger cities and these nice stadiums or the ones that share it with a college the lincoln salt dogs play in the huskers field Mm -hmm. um fargo moorhead plays on ndsu's field Mm -hmm. you know i'm sure there's other ones kansas city has this great park chicago and milwaukee they're the two new ones but so chicago has like think three teams in the league now they're all suburban and they Mm -hmm. i think they all have new stadiums and Uh, yeah chicago proper has a team the chicago dogs Mm -hmm. yeah and i've heard the stadium's incredible i've I've sort of seen it i was flying into chicago once and yeah like the plane flew right by it as we were landing yeah milwaukee's got one that's a new stadium yeah but a lot of them are kansas city yeah a lot of them are turf yeah kansas city on the kansas side in the suburbs over by their nascar Uh uh uh, uh, track uh, anyway so I mean it's just getting to the point where it's kind of like 
either catch up or get out, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think it, it got to a point that a lot of people in Sioux Falls are kind of like, how long are you going to keep doing this? Like, why are you hang- clinging to life in this league where you're, it was pretty apparent with all these different ownerships that came in that they weren't going to spend any money. You know, we asked them, you know, hey, would you like a new stadium? Well, sure, we'd love a new stadium yes. if someone just wants to build us one and give it to yep, us. Yep. But no one was going to put any work yep. into it, you right. know. And so even me as someone who, you know, going to Canaries games since their first year and has always kind of, you know, defended them or been a supporter of them and then, you know, covered them for 10 years. And even for me, it kind of got to be like, you know what? I don't think – like there was a time where if the Canaries had left, I would have really been bummed. Like, geez, what am I going to do all summer? You know, like this is a big part of – what I do in the summer is going to Canaries games, and in the last few years, it kind of got to where like you know what I'll be fine if the Canaries move. Sad. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be disappointed. Yeah. But it's not gonna like you know have really any negative impact on my life, and so I don't think it's and, and I'm not saying that anything has to do with me specifically, but I just think it's it's significant to see someone coming in and maybe sort of recognizing that that's point it had gotten to so to speak that the the apathy had got to that point i mean you would go to canaries games and on most nights the crowd is in the three digits and even on nights when there's a quote quote unquote good crowd it's half full and you know how many people stay for the whole game how many people know any of the players you know how many people got free tickets somehow it just was kind of like i I hesitate to say depressing because on a good night where the weather's great and you see a good game and there's fireworks and, you know, all the promotions and the kids running the bases mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, it could still be a great time. Um, but it had just gotten to the point where it's like, this is lifeless. This is sort of a, a, a not quite dead, but dying thing, dying business, dying team. So these new owners take over, the ones who are now your bosses. And I understand you can, you have to speak about them in that way. I don't. Um, when they said all these things about we're going to do this, we're going to do that, this is what we want. You know, I had that long interview last summer with Brian Slipka, is it? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, Brian came across very well, seemed like a great guy, was very energetic and had a lot of the right ideas. Um, he didn't come across to me as, you know, a huckster or anything like that. Yeah. But a lot of his ideas, a lot of his comments to me, I was kind of like, yeah, I've heard this before, sure. dude. You know, it's like yeah. not that any of his ideas were bad, but it's just like this is not new. Yeah. We've heard all this before. You know, and I think when when they made the decision to buy a new video board, at and at a cost of a half a million dollars, within and, a month after they took over, right, and like, hey, we're putting in a video board, which everyone said was the most glaring need in the stadium. Yeah, you know, yeah, the playing surface sucks and all these other different oh. things, but it's like you have this fucking light bright thing they had the, out there. That old score it was board, an embarrassment. It was it was representative of where the where the organization was at. It had, really that, was. That's the same scoreboard they have. At Bob Sheldon Field yeah. in Brookings, mm-hmm. that's not where the Jacks play. That's right. just the amateur team's field. Right. You know, it's like, what is this? No one could see it. Yeah. And, and to the point where they stopped having a camera to show any events they were doing, or shop, stopped showing videos because yeah, they was embarrassing. they were at least smart enough to realize no one sees this. It's not going to capture anybody's attention. And just kind of pathetic using it all, all yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so that I think was a big deal. I think that got people's attention. Like, wow. That is going to improve the experience. Yes. And that is maybe the first time we've seen one of these new owners come in and say, hey, here's a thing we're doing. Yeah. Because all the other owners would come in and say, like, hey, please come to the game. Please, they kind of were leaving it up to the fans. Yeah. You know, they tried different gimmicks and, you know, like, hey, we're mm-hmm. going to try this. We're going to try this. There was the one summer they did free attendance for kids all summer long, which was a great idea. And it got some people out to the ballpark, but I'm sure it didn't make the team any money. Right. You know, I mean, so at some point it's like you have to stop asking the fans to do it for you. Mm-hmm. At some point you have to go out 
and do something yourself. They did that. Uh, but then coming back this year, you know, you told me about the turf, and I was kind of like, holy shit, really? And then when I decided to do this story, I was talking to your, one of your other bosses, Jack, Jack uh, Fossen, is mm-hmm. it? And he gave a, a quote that, you know, not only sounded good in the newspaper, but, you know, implies that these people get it when he said to me, you can't just throw a half a million dollar TV out on the fence and call it good. He's like, that, that, that was great. That was a big deal. But if we thought that, that we were like, okay, we did our thing. Now open the gates and everyone's going to come running into the stadium. He's like, that's, that's just not realistic. That's not how it works. And he's right about that. And so that was refreshing to hear. They're like, hey, we made an investment. We're doing things. But we recognize that that's just a part of it. That's not enough. You and I were talking before we started recording that you know getting the new turf doesn't necessarily benefit the fans directly. It's a huge benefit to the team. Mm-hmm. Mike Meyer can recruit better players. You know the players feel safer. It's going to look cooler and everything. But I just think it adds to the credibility of the franchise and the and the Canaries to some degree have a credibility problem. They always stink. They had one good year in the last twenty years, and that was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the well, last fifteen. I mean, they won the title okay. in twenty oh eight. Fifteen, fine. yeah, yeah. And they had a good but I mean, they've been bad for a long, long they time. They have, and, and that you know, people only care so much about that anyway. Well, but again, I'll, I'll, it, it yeah. goes to the credibility. Like, even if people don't yeah. care when they go to the game if the or team they wins or loses or not, yeah. it's, you know, it's just people kind of start looking at this franchise like, okay, they're always losing. The ballpark sucks. You know, there's new owners every three years. There's a new GM every year, a new face of the team, whoever it is. You know, it was John Kuhn, it was Gary Weckworth, it was Tom Garrity, it's you know, whoever all these piece people are. It just kind of was like, who cares? What is this thing? And now you get video board, you get new turf. Mike Meyer gets to use the full salary cap, you know. And the, the thing actually that stood out the most to me in re- reporting that story last week, turf is a big deal, but going from two full-time employees to 11 I mean, th- that doesn't probably mean anything to an average Joe, but anyone who knows how these things works, that's a significant investment. I, I'm a living, breathing example. I'll tell you why in a second. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just really encouraging. And I, I, I try not to sound like a commercial for the Canaries because I'll be the first one to admit if, if it doesn't work out or in five years these guys are like, hey, we blew a bunch of money and, and we didn't get a return on investment, now we're getting out. That could very well happen. But at the very least, this ownership group is doing all the things that the other ones never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I was telling you this beforehand that I wouldn't lie about this. And um, the what, what's nice about working for the team is I feel like I don't have to as a as a marketer to the outside feel like I'm making a big stretch when I say th- it's really exciting to be a part of to work for owners who are making that sort of an investment to start with. They have, they are, they want a new ballpark downtown. They want the Canaries to move down there. It would fit. This city is growing. It's getting bigger. It's got money. And uh, downtown is cool now. And they want a new stadium, period. But their first choice is downtown. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. If they somehow someday get a new stadium, can they move the turf and video board to that the new video stadium? board for sure? I would think Mark Ovenden said it last night, and I haven't asked the owners this, but Mark might have because he did a TV piece on the new turf and the upgrades at the Birdcage beyond just the new turf. Is that uh, you could, uh, according to him, you could roll the turf roll over it up there. And move it up, I'm gonna yeah. have to ask somebody, but I, I think you can. Mm-hmm. But but let's say you can't, then they're doing this knowing this turf might right. be an investment for only three or five right, years. Right. Um, they these guys are from St. Paul. The St. Paul Saints. For those of you who don't know this, I mean, they're they were the Savannah Bananas because every because ESPN's got the Savannah Bananas everywhere now, and the Savannah Bananas are a big minor league baseball. I didn't know anything about the Savannah Harlem Bananas until you told me about them today. Yeah. I think more people know who the St. Paul Saints are. And around here, they sure do. Right. And the St. Paul Saints ownership group owned the Canaries for about a decade in the 2000s. That's when the Canaries won their only title, and that's when I've been told 
they were having a lot of fun at the ballpark. They were having good crowds. That's when I first moved to Sioux Falls and went to games. Mm-hmm. And they were a cool cultural, well, cultural would be a big word, but they were a cool, fun ex- party experience. And uh, anyway, these owners are from the from there. They 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 basically are trying to use the Saints model of start with fun, start with fans, mm-hmm. um, and yes, have good facilities because then players will want to go there uh, and play there. And uh, they also saw how the Saints used to play in a dumpy old mm-hmm. stadium, Midway Stadium, it was worse than the Birdcage. And yeah. and. Uh, the Saints at some point had a plan. We're going to try to get a downtown park. We're going to move there. But we've got to have a credible, fun product. And you, you're going to have so much fucking fun when you go to our games. You're going to be singing zippity doo out of your assholes. And you're going to come back. And that's what—that's exactly what they want at the Birdcage right now. Let's turn the Birdcage into the most fun fucking place we can with some new bells and whistles. And then it will already be a thing and it won't be tough to garner public support as in you know just the court of public opinion oh the canaries deserve and should move downtown right. because it will fit the cultural and experience of going downtown which is uh, even if you don't love going downtown i think anybody can acknowledge i can acknowledge because i'm down there a lot bars restaurants i mean wednesday nights they're packed in the summer uh-huh. people love going down there a lot of people live down there now who are empty nesters or young professionals that make good money there's a lot of people that can walk don't worry about the parking there's people who want uh-huh. to walk to the uh-huh. games who are already downtown who want to walk to the games and the parking's not as much of a nightmare as if an arena were downtown because we're still talking two three four thousand fans on a good night that's not a lot of parking to worry about and we don't uh-huh. need to get into the logistics of where the park would be no. because that's a thing that my old co-host craig maddock would say and any any guy basically i hate to you know be ageist here but people of a certain age who still think downtown sioux falls is like you know, though you know you've lived here, like the loop in some shithole. It's not. <laughs> it's not dangerous to go downtown. It's fun to go downtown. Um, and there's places downtown where yes, there's space that a baseball stadium could be built. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's not right on Phillips Avenue. You got to think. You got. You got to go out of Phillips Avenue. But there's a spot, and the team is working on it. So. I say, but I say all that knowing they're they're making the to your point they're making it credible, right now and well, I was gonna uh, and, say and part of my job is to make it fun uh-huh. to do everything I can't control the baseball as director of entertainment and promotions I, I I am in charge of not everything but it's certainly of promoting everything beyond the baseball I think the baseball is maybe the least important part of it you I, get I, it I, I hate to say that good but, no that's you know I I, I agree it just has to be I think. Where people can watch it and see, like, this is a higher level than, you know, an amateur game or something. And you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you go to a Canaries I mean, there's guys used to play in the big leagues playing. You know, I mean, there's guys throwing 92 miles an hour. There's guys hitting yeah, there's some talent home there, runs. I mean, for yeah, sure. It's, it's, so I'm saying that's not, that's not the problem. Right. No one's going to go to a Canaries game and go, geez, what is this Bush League stuff? Right. Or not. It's good baseball. Yeah. Um, some people say that, oh, if it was affiliated, you, you know. No, yeah, that wouldn't have anything to do with it. No, either. it wouldn't. The Cedar Rapids Colonels don't draw dick either. I've, you know, yeah, I've had people asking team, me because yeah. they think I know everything the owners know, uh, and I'm not. I'm I'm okay to tell people that the owners want a new ballpark downtown. They're okay for me to tell people that. But, well, they want to bring the. I heard they they want to bring the uh, Twins affiliated. To, I'm, I have no. I haven't heard of those plans. I mean, I think that would be I, a better draw. That, sure, but it's not like it would be a cure all. No, you, you know, mentioned the St. Paul is now the Twins AAA affiliate. Yeah. Wichita is the Twins AA affiliate. Right. If Sioux Falls 
Bills could have been the double eighth. That would have been great. Of course. That would have been great. And maybe it, there's an uptick in attendance for a couple years because of that, but yeah. probably not. Or you it, get those it, random nights where it's like, oh, Byron Buxton's here on a rehab assignment. Yes. Yeah, of course. That'd That's, be great. Yeah, yeah. And when, I think it was two or three years ago, it was two years ago, it was right before. The, anyway, it was two years ago where Lavelle E. Neal had heard somebody say, yes. Sioux Falls is hungry for minor league baseball. It's probably a Sanford, Kelby Crabinoff, Sanford thing. Uh, yeah, Sanford would want to get all in on yeah, it. Yeah, of course. If it was affiliated. Because they were already yeah. a big sponsor of the Twins and all that stuff. It didn't happen. St. Paul was always the thing, and finally they decided we'll we'll go in with the Twins and be partners with the Twins. Now that that hasn't happened, I don't know about Forget about that. You're mentioning the success of the team because, again, these are conversations we've had for years on the radio. It's a good annual discussion because people bring it up all the time. Is, oh, I'd go to a Canaries game if the team were doing better. No. You no. Yeah. If I, I, I've been working at the stadium the last two seasons I've been the, you poll I, I guess n- everybody that walked in that gate and they're of all ages 90 or over 90 percent of people that walk through that gate every night that aren't season ticket holders mm-hmm. they would have they they wouldn't be able to name you one player on the team mm-hmm. or and they'd know, have are no, they in first place, uh, fourth place? Yeah. no clue how good the team is they may have heard that they haven't been good for a while right. but they wouldn't you know they wouldn't they wouldn't know it's supposed to be an experience. It's supposed to be a party. You're, I mean, we're supposed to have good food. I want to talk about that too. You know, we're, you're, you're, you're we supposed to. Minutes, the food's supposed to be good enough that when you come to the game, you go on an empty stomach. You don't go out to eat first. Right. You don't eat at right. home first. If it's a Sunday, you skip breakfast, skip brunch. We're going to have good food there. We've got our own in-house chef. That's going to help. But it's supposed to be. You know, the, another thing the owners did that's a little more under the radar that I've always thought is major, and I try to I try to promote personally. Got a playground, got a bounce house area. Mm-hmm. You're, if you're bringing your kids to the game, this is not like going to a bar or restaurant where you got to keep an eye on them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, our staff supervises your kids, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you can just sit, have a cold beer, enjoy the game mm-hmm. while your kids run around a little bit. It's better than being, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a mm-hmm. it's the best possible family fun party for your family. And then we got an, inf- I don't know how much this moved the needle, but again, these are all these are all parts of the experience that wrap up in the one. Is you know we got to. Pitching inflatable pitching speed machine. Mm-hmm. So any average Joe can go in there and see how they, how fast their fastball is on the radar gun. Uh, none of these, none of these things are one thing that's a silver bullet that's all of a sudden going to get more people to go mm-hmm. to a game or every game. Mm-hmm. But they're all part of the experience where they walk in. Their senses are, if not overloaded, certainly perked up from the mm-hmm. second they walk in mm-hmm. to when they go out, and they're just like, "God damn, that was fun! I mm-hmm. got to come back again." Mm-hmm. And the good news is, like I've told you, uh, uh, Jackson here at the Gateway Lounge told me last year people would come in. Uh, I ran into a couple of old Canaries owners from the Gold Claim Group, the Saints, when it was kind of John Coon era, when it really was uh-huh. a Saintsy type of fun feel. They, before they knew I worked for the Canaries and was literally in charge of the fun, they're like, "Oh, I heard the fun's coming back," and so. That, that's that's what I would encourage people to do mm-hmm. is give it another shot. You you've been able to speak to the credibility of what mm-hmm. of the owners leading the charge. Well, I, I would say this. I think this is a, a good way to wrap it up and make it a little less of a commercial I for know. Harry Canary. But well, <laughs> I, no, it's fine. I get it. I, I didn't even uh, mention Harry Canary. I wasn't even thinking. I'm making about fun him. of you by saying that. Thanks. Um, I still, I am still skeptical about Sioux Falls having a downtown ballpark at some point. That's I'd fine. Li- I'd like to see it. I don't think it's completely never going to – I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. Um, the owners have the right idea in that we have to earn that. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, like, hey, we need this. 
Like, the, 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 you know, that's not going to do it. That's what the Twins did, and that's a little different. People care about their major league team and, like, them actually being able to win and bring players in. Like, nobody gives a shit about that in Sioux Falls. You can't tell people, like, we need a new stadium so we can win an American Association championship. Right. Like, nobody cares. Of course not. You know, so it's a tough sell, and it's going to continue to be a tough sell. But by putting these investments in there and saying, like, we're trying to make this a better product for you, you know, we're, we're spending money, we're – and, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if they – if they back up what they're saying, but they've said like, we're in this for the long haul. This isn't, you know, we're coming in and if we can't turn around in two or three years, we're selling and bailing. You know, I mean, they seem to be committed to this. They're doing everything the right way. I'm still skeptical, but they have already far exceeded what my guesses were of how much they would put into this. If you were to put, put a list together based on people that you know, yourself and people you know pretty well, who have been going to games here and there for the last few years, because that's another thing is when I talk to people, I say I work for the Canaries or they ask, it brings a smile to most people's faces. They know that they, they are, uh-huh. they're aware. They know the Canaries exist. They mm-hmm. know what it is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times it's, uh, oh, that's great. I haven't been to a game in a few years. Mm-hmm. And we're going back to the start of this discussion when you were talking uh-huh. about how things were just kind of slowly uh-huh. declining. And mm-hmm. that's that's depressing, but it's also encouraging. Well, part of that, Get we've, out we've talked about this even before the, the ownership yeah. change. Part of it is... There's so much more to do than there was 20 years ago. Yes. You know, the Canaries came along at a time where, you know, there there weren't these zillion different travel team summer baseball options for kids. And, yes. You know, the internet barely existed. The all the things. The Sky that, First were the only minor league yeah, team in town, you know, and they had been and, here for a few years. So many, so many more people nowadays have lake homes, have their own boats. Yep. So they're doing stuff on weekends. You know, like, it's a different era. It's a, There's a lot more competition for the Canaries than there was in 1995. Yep. So that's a big part of it. A lot of it has, you know, is sort of beyond their control. But those are the people you got to win back. That's what the we're people, trying. The people that in the early 90s were going to games. Yeah. And then it, it's not like they decided one day, you know what, the Canaries suck. I'm tired. I'm not going to a game anymore. Yeah. That's not what anyone ever did. Right. They just gradually moved on to other things, got biz- busy, ha- you know, had their attention distracted away, you know, by other things. Mm-hmm. you got to find a way to get back into their lives. Mm-hmm. That's all yep. it is. It's a, it's a party. That's what I'm saying is you're going to have a lot of fun when you go out there. If you remember the fun days, come out. You're not going to make this com- a commercial. I sat there and listened to you. And so I'm just saying Friday, May 20th is the opener. It starts a seven-game homestand, $5 tickets and a $3 food menu on Saturday, May 21st, $5 tickets. And, uh, yes, they, uh, there's going to be – we're doing live musicians Friday and Saturday nights. We want people to come out and start the party before the game. Eat, drink, enjoy good local live musicians, playing good cover tunes, and uh, see what we got in store for you between innings. And try the new food and the new in-house chef and see how you like it. we got 50 of these games. Starts Friday, May 20th. There are so many other details I could dive into, but that's uh, that's a good primer. That's a good taste. And if I could, if we can, uh, if we can impress Matt Zimmer, then we can impress anybody. So <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm a pretty big baseball fan. It's it's the other people you got to impress. I understand. All right. I gotta Sounds go. Good. Hey, and by the way, uh, are you a police officer, a member of the fire department, an EMT, a nurse? Here in Sioux Falls, or do you know anybody who is in any of those professions? Are you a teacher or an educator, a paraeducator, or know anybody, your mom, your sister, your best friend, your wife, anybody who is in that profession? Uh, Good news for all of you. The Canaries will have free ticket nights 
for frontline workers, police, fire department, EMTs, and nurses. Yes, this is an advertisement, but it's something you should also uh, it should it's something you should also know. It's a great community event. Part of what the Canaries are doing is welcoming in the community to the ballpark, saying thank you to folks like frontline workers, and that frontline workers game for the Sioux Falls Canaries will be on Saturday, June 25th. Again, police, fire, EMTs, and nurses. The night before that, uh, two nights before that, Thursday, June 23rd, is Educators Night, free admission for teachers and any member of the education field at any level, preschool to college. Educators Night. Of course, any of these nights, if you're in these professions and you want to have free tickets and have a bring your family and have a fun night at the birdcage for an experience, not just a baseball game, uh, you have to have your ID with you as you come to that game. We have to have some sort of way to know that you are for sure in those professions. And by the way, military free on military night, Saturday, July 9th, military night at the birdcage for the Sioux Falls Canaries. If you are serving or have served and you have some form of military ID, you get in free on Saturday, July 9th. And in fact, we have a military discount, a few dollars off your ticket. Uh, Depending on where you sit in the stadium, it's a certain amount of dollars off. But you get a discount for every Canaries game if you were a member of the military. And while this is a Canaries uh, plug, Uh, If you are a member of the military and would like to come out to the birdcage for free on any night other than military night, we honor a different hometown hero, a different member of our community who has served or is serving in any branch of the U.S. Armed Forces, including the National Guard. We do it every single game at the birdcage during the ball game. It's always one of our most electric and coolest events because the whole stadium stands up, gives attention, and honors veterans. Some veterans don't like to be honored. So whether you're a veteran who doesn't mind being honored or a family member of a veteran who might mind being honored, but you'd want to bring him or her and the family out for a free night of baseball and entertainment at a Sioux Falls Canaries game, get a hold of me, John, uh, excuse me, Jay Gaskins, Jay Gaskins at sfcanaries.com. Just cool things we do at the ballpark. It's not just bells, whistles, goofy promotions. We really want to honor uh, the community and people in it who make a difference. And that includes all members of those fields I just mentioned. Plus, we have Negro League Celebration Night, Friday, June 24th. That's a great cultural event, as is Pride Night on Wednesday, June 15th. And Festival of Cultures Day, Sunday, July 10th. And guess what? Uh, We have four bobblehead nights for the Sioux Falls Canaries, the Mount Rushmore of sitcom bobbleheads. Seinfeld, 25th anniversary of Festivus with George Costanza. Not George Costanza, Frank Costanza. Bobbleheads, uh, that'll be on July 22nd. Friends bobblehead night uh, with Joey. How you doing? Saturday. August 13th, we have the Office Prison Mike Bobblehead Night, Saturday, July 30th, and the Capitol Loft, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. WWE Night, Frank the Trash Man Bobblehead Night, Saturday, August 27th. Uh, all kinds of fun, cool, awesome events. It's a party all summer long at the Birdcage. And yes, I waited until the end of my own podcast to plug uh, my gig and my team, which I believe you will have an awesome time experiencing. And by the way, while we're doing this and you're still here, Gateway Lounge, you might know that uh, 41st Street 
west in Sioux Falls, from about Marion uh, to I-29 under massive construction. And it is impeding the entrance to Gateway Boulevard right now for you to get into Gateway Lounge. But it is easy to find. There are big signs. There are orange signs along both sides of 41st Street uh, between Marion and I-29 that tell you exactly uh, how to get to the Gateway Lounge. But their business has taken a hit a little bit because of this massive construction and people wanting to avoid reasonably and understandably so the, the congestion of traffic, particularly at high traffic times of the day like rush hour happy hour, uh, they're suffering here because people don't want to take the extra time to wait to find a different route or to wait at stoplights, etc., cetera, to, uh, to, to make the drive in here. It's worth your time. Support a third-generation local business like the Gateway. Uh, Jackson Rentschler, a third-generation manager. Uh, they're just going to treat you right. Happy hour, 2 to 7 p.m., seven days a week, two first. Seven days a week, Tito's and Captain Morgan and Crown Royal and Jack Daniel, twofers. They make them strong. Doubles are just a quarter more. Get to the Gateway Lounge and support awesome food, wonderful staff. They want to keep their staff here. They want a full staff, and uh, they need your help. Plus, it's just the best damn sports bar in town. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. Because <laughs> you know the wrong drinks? Yes.